Do you know what the secret is to keep a baby's skin healthy? The secret is a diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. You've heard me talk about Pampers Swaddlers on our podcast many, many times now, and that's because Pampers Swaddlers is the diaper for healthy baby skin. Pampers Swaddlers absorbs wetness better than the leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. And if you're a fan of Pampers, you've got to check out their new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes, which clean better than Huggies Natural Care and are five times stronger, so they resist tearing during a diaper change. With Free and Gentle, mess meets its match. And if you're like me and you love saving and getting rewarded for something you gotta buy anyway, like diapers, don't forget to download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. You can redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers free and gentle wipes for healthy baby skin. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to ABG, Asian Boss Girl, a podcast for the modern-day Asian-American woman. I'm Janet. I'm Mel. And I'm Helen. As the years go by and as we all get a little older, so too do the loved ones in our lives. And there usually comes a very specific point in our adulthood where we become acutely aware that our parents, in particular, are getting older. Mm -hmm. Of course, it's a blessing that we get to witness them age because it means that they're still with us. What we haven't been as prepared for is the difficulty of coming to terms with the aging of the people who brought us into this world and raised us to consider the eventual inevitable day when they will no longer physically be here with us. The topic of aging and death is one that is very much taboo for a lot of families and cultures out there, but it's also a topic that none of us can opt out of. Talking about them can make future events just the slightest bit easier. Given today's topic, it will feel a little bit more solemn and sad compared to other episodes, but this is a conversation that we are looking forward to and hope that it will feel cathartic for everyone listening and for us as well. So to get us started, we're going to go on kind of a lighter note, just to kind of ease into it, set the tone. Um, is there a specific time when you remember starting to become aware that your parents are aging? Like, was there anything specific that you noticed? Yeah. Um, for So just to set some context, my parents are in their 60s. My dad, he is 67, retired two years ago. And my mom, she's still working. She is 63. Um, and I have always seen them as relatively young and healthy. I feel like hair is a very good indicator mm -hmm. of age. And my dad's hair is still pretty black oh, <laughs> with yeah. like some whites growing in on the sides and my mom's hair is also still pretty pretty black very but dark, yeah. other than that they're pretty active <laughs> so they I see them as still still pretty young but I think the moment that I realized that they were aging so I moved out of my Boston home when I was 25 mm -hmm. and it wasn't until I hit the age of 30 when they visited me after my birthday and it was during the holidays and I saw them that I was like whoa something feels a little different mm. Yeah. You know, and it's not a drastic difference. Even yesterday, I looked at a photo from 10 years ago and I was like, oh, yeah, they 
basically look about the same. So it's not a drastic difference. I think when you are living with someone, you kind of don't notice the subtle differences mm -hmm. in aging, mm -hmm. but then yeah, it's that yeah. period of time when you're away from someone and then you see them again, you're like, oh, your hair has changed or like something has changed. So with my parents, I think it was more of the skin area where it just felt a little, it looked a little bit more texturized and mm. there were more sunspots. There was more, how do I say, like with aging, the nat natural part process of aging, your the collagen or the elasticity of mm. your skin starts to droop a little bit. Yeah. And especially around the eye area, I think there's a little bit more of like heaviness of skin kind of just weighing down on you, mm, you know, yeah, on, yeah, and yeah. it's almost like the eyes start to bulge a little bit. <laughs> they do. Yeah, you actually very make a lot specific, of sense. Very specific. But again, this is like the detail that yeah, I saw yeah, yeah. of like, whoa, I think my parents are, you know, starting to age and we've reached this point in our lives where we're going to see this more and more often when, mm. and with more and more visits than this more natural process of aging. So that was probably my like first moment of seeing it when, when I was 30. Mm. Yeah. Aww. How about for you ladies? I think when you talked about the bulging eyes, I actually totally could understand that. Yeah, mm. it's like, it's heavier. It's, it's it like, there's more eye bags. Yeah. yeah. There's more skin there. And the eyelids get heavier too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm totally thinking of my dad right now. Yeah, yeah, me too, my dad. <laughs> <laughs> so just also to give context, I am 32. My 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 mom is, oh, she what the hell is she? <laughs> oh. Yeah. She is 50, in her 50s. Mm. And my dad is just 62, 63. So I will say my parents... I think some can say my parents are like young, younger, because mm. I am also the youngest one here. Yeah. So I think in terms of aging, I only, there's the bulging eyes for sure. <laughs> bulging <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's just, a thing now. It yes. is just a little bit. Yeah. I will say the the one thing I, I noticed with my parents is that I notice when my mom calls me or gives me updates, they go to a lot more doctor checkups mm -hmm. more often now. And I'm just like, oh, like whenever I'm back home, there's always someone needs to go see something. I think it's mostly just routine, but I, it's just more prevalent now than it was before. In terms of just aging in general, the people I think about the most actually are my grandparents. Mm -hmm. So my grandpa is 82, and he's the person I've noticed the most with aging because he, when I visit him in Taiwan, he now needs a cane to walk mm. when he's always been a very active man. Like he'll take walks in the morning and the evening and always was in the garden and things like that. And he used to be just like, just like a very agile type of person. But now his movement has significantly slowed down and the cane and now someone needs to walk with him mm. so just see the mobility kind of decline is like wow like these people in my life that i've that i've grew up with is just there's a, there's a drastic change mm -hmm. yeah and you see him even less frequently right because he's in taiwan so every time yeah. it's like a big change it is it's always like i think whenever we go back my mom and my brother and i was like well like i didn't know grandpa's moving this slow as mm. I, didn't, I didn't we didn't know yeah. so just like we're more aware of it now Speaking of speed, uh, that was one of the things that I noticed about my mom. My mom for years has been a, a pretty careful driver. Mm. And so when I would come home to visit, she would be like, oh, you know, nowadays people are driving so rough on the roads and everything. And it's just, it's kind of like chit chat, right? And you're mm. like, okay, yeah, mom, that's okay. You know, like, yeah, yeah. don't worry about it. And then um, I rode in the car with her and she was going like 20 miles an hour in <laughs> mm. like a 40 zone. And I was like, mom, this is like a danger to go too mm. slow. But I think it was just one of those things where she just becomes extra like aware that she's like fragile and very mm. careful and very like safety oriented. Um, and so that was kind of like behaviorally one of the things that I noticed. Uh, in terms of like aesthetics, my parents both also in their 60s had still dark hair. They are now, my dad is going to be, I think, 73, 74, mm. and my mom is going to be 70 this year. So they are edging on the older, on the older side and actually hitting that age bracket where 
my I remember my grandparents being when I was a kid. Mm. So it is like kind of a, a strange thing to kind of see see them now in that place. Um, but years ago, like maybe five years ago, I think when my mom hit her like late 60s, she decided that she was going to stop dyeing her hair. So up mm. until that point, and she went through a phase of like, oh, I'm going to try like maybe darker brunette, a little yeah. bit of red and kind of played around with it. And then she kind of hit a point and she said, you know what, now I'm just going to let it, I'm going to let the grays come in. And she has like kind of a combo, like salt and pepper look going on right now. Um, and my dad, um, I, I think one of those things that I've noticed is that as the years have, as he's gotten past 70, it starts, his hair has gotten a lot whiter much more quickly. Mm. Um, and also his stature, you know, my dad, mm. I think was like six or a little over six foot mm. oh, um, as an adult. I didn't know he was that tall. Yeah, he wow. was, he was a fairly like tall guy and like a pretty like average like build. Um, and over the last couple of years when I come home and I see him and my parents, I see them every couple of weeks. So it's not that long, mm. but just, you know, like I went to a family wedding the other weekend and he's wearing his like suit jacket and just standing next to him. I was like, oh, he's like shrinking a little bit, you know, oh, yeah. which is kind of what happens. But um, yeah, I think those are those are some of the the small things that that for me, I've noticed. Mm. Jan, I thought you brought a really interesting point when you said my parents are now at the age that when my grandparents or when you recognize where your grandparents age was. And I was like, whoa, like, I think I sometimes have this conversation with my mom. I was like, she'd be like, oh, I'm at the age where like you're when you're born, grandma, grandma, she was a grandma. Same, and I was yeah. like, it just it just kind of puts things into perspective. So yeah, I thought that was really interesting what you said. I mean, I feel the same with like my mom, the fact that she is now a papa. Yeah. You know, when we sing to her, we're like, happy birthday, papa. Oh, <laughs> that yeah. Weird? That's one mom. of those moments where you realize, yeah, like, oh, what do you she say? has an extra title. Yeah. She has many titles now. So, and usually go with the child, what yeah. they say. Yeah. So I would be like, happy birthday, papa. I'm like, that's was so it, strange. Was it weird for you? Because I feel like she's always been your mom. Yeah. So now I'm saying like, oh, papa. Was it like, even when Annie had... Tyler. Yeah, I mean, I think it, it kind of is just this realization that there's another generation and they mm. the, kind of like their their view of the world <laughs> matters more a little bit or you mm. want to cater to that mm. world a yeah. little bit more. So you start to let go of your own and, and look at theirs and see what, what they see and that's their papa. So you would mm. call them mm. papa in front of them, you know, instead of like mom, yeah, which, is, yeah. which is just wild. And they still, I mean, my parents still feel young to me. So even that the popo gong gong, it feels odd to say sometimes mm, yeah but um for the kids we do say it is there a moment where you felt like your parents age a lot faster um you know like some people say that when when they see their parents retire there's like kind of a more um like exponential change in either their behavior or mm. um, their looks or something like that i think i'm gonna think of when i think about this question i always just think about my grandpa like i think my grandparents for me is like that's the one that's the group that you're seeing aging. I'm seeing yeah. age the most mm -hmm. and for my grandpa I noticed the speed or like the expedi expeditedness of aging is when all his friends started passing away mm. like I would come home my mom's like oh you remember that like that great uncle used to like because we go back to Taiwan to have like massive like dinners yeah, yeah. and they're slowly dwindling down and the people I grew up as a baby they're no longer here and mm. his community is just passing away so I just feel like that's when I'm just like oh like we're hitting that place in life where people are moving on yeah, yeah that's a really good point I do I do remember when that started happening for my grandparents and mm -hmm. then slowly for my parents too now a couple of their friends at their age yeah. um 
they'll they'll be passing on. They'll go to like reunions now sometimes, like lunches mm. um, with like, I think they do, it's like their high school mm. or their college friends sometimes still get together. And then sometimes it's like, oh, so-and-so is, um, you know, not mm. uh, not with us anymore. Or they'll like visit a friend who has like Alzheimer's. And it's been an interesting experience to kind of like listen to my dad talk about it because he mm. says it so matter-of-factly. Mm. And I kind of feel like in some ways, maybe he is just like almost accepting it. And then it's like, for him, it's like, I think for many years, he knew that when he retired, that that would be a time mm. that would be very significant. I think because he saw a lot of his friends. He held out for a long time. My dad just retired this past year mm. and he's like turning 73, 74. Mm. Um, but I think he saw a lot of his friends, how they change after they retire. And so he was like holding out and like working for as long as he could. Um, but I think he had a lot of years to kind of like slowly accept. And so mm. when he talks about a friend who has Alzheimer's and he's visiting them, he kind of is like, yeah, we, we talked about like the happy times when we were younger and things mm. like that. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of an interesting perspective. Yeah. So we talked about how the topic of aging and death can be very taboo in our culture. What is your family's perspective? How do you treat the topic? Do you talk about it? My family's perspective of death is very much that there is an unwritten rule mm. that we just don't talk about it. It is a very taboo topic within our family. I think also just in general within Chinese culture to talk about death is kind of like spread. It's almost as if you're spreading the negativity or mm. like the the like like death on like bringing it to reality right? yeah, yeah exactly like so we do not talk about it i actually did call my mom about it though last week to just like kind of start the mm. ask, start yeah. a conversation especially because of this episode i love how abg kind of forces us to really think about these topics and mm -hmm. have these more difficult conversations with the people in our lives um hopefully it inspires all of you out there to have these types of topics with your loved ones as well but when i asked my mom there was a very clear aversion to it mm. and she <laughs> I think she, there's a phrase in Chinese that I don't know what the literal translation is, but she was like, chat hai bang, which is kind of what you would say, I think, if it was, it's kind of like a, if someone sneezes and you're like, bless you, mm. or if you knock on wood, the essence of doing that. Yeah. So it's like cancels what you just it said. It cancels yeah, the negativity it, yeah. of basically what I said. And then it followed with another phrase, which is lon hang up, which means crazy talk. Oh. <laughs> it's like, why are you even like bringing this up? Right. Mm. And I think that it, it like that just represents sort of this culture that we have within our family, the Chinese culture, which is very much an aversion to things like the number four, for example. Mm. Right. I think that is very popularized as four means death in Chinese. And so Chinese people avoid it like the plague. It's like, I don't want yep. it in my phone number. I don't want it in my license plate. I don't mm. want it in my businesses. I don't want that number anywhere. Even when you watch like The Farewell, the whole premise of that movie was that Aquafina's grandma was ill and her whole family was trying to avoid the topic mm, the whole movie mm. and it was just very difficult on her and the whole family and i think that is a representation a very good representation of my family also we just mm. basically try to avoid it and it it feels like something that is very prevalent within chinese culture as well just to not talk about it even mm. though i know that that's not i feel like that's the opposite of american culture where it's like mm. we should talk about it we should set things in place not have surprises but um, I think there's a fear also of sharing it with the elderly because you don't want to instill this fear into them either. Mm, so yeah, it's yeah. better to just allow things to happen more naturally. I have a very different um, family, I guess, perspective on that. Mm -hmm. I'm going to tell my grandparents first. I don't know if it sounds like your family doesn't do that. I wonder if your grandparents have ever done this. 
a, a thing that my grandma used to do when I used to sleep with her when I was really young and I used to hate it and now I'm seeing my grandpa do this is that we, we, we well, me and my grandma always talk in bed before we go to bed and we'll like do like these like bicycle wheel exercises to kind of like be active but she'll always mention in bed she's like I'm getting old and I'm gonna die mm. oh wow so, like kind of like that saying oh. and part of me is like I wasn't sure if that's like a personality thing but I heard it a lot as a kid mm. and it made me really sad because like I loved my grandma my grandpa, when I call him sometimes, he's like, he always say how he's getting old and like implying like things. Mm. So for me, I'm like, I kind of was familiar with that topic because I've heard them growing up say it. Yeah. And I don't know if they're saying it just to, for them to accept be, it right. or for mm-hmm. me to also know it. Too. It's probably a combination. Interesting you mentioned that. My, I think I believe, I don't know that my grandma said those exact words, but this personality or this tendency to say things like that yeah. as a way to kind of like prepare you as a child, mm. like, right. And they say it and it comes out very like dramatic. And as a kid, you're kind of like, why would you say that? Yeah. It's like, yeah. don't bring up something that's so like, um, like horrific for me to think about. Yeah. But I think they, it's like a way to be like, hey, I need you to understand reality. Mm. This is going to happen. So I, it might be a cultural thing because I believe my grandmother did similar things. Yeah. So I was just like, find it like interesting. Mm-hmm. But in terms of talking about like um, death or like, I guess funeral planning mm, yeah. um, or just in general like it my mom openly talks about it with my brother and, my, and I I think partly because of two reasons one my mom is fairly westernized because she grew up in the states mm. but I think it's because when my grandma passed away it was very unexpected mm. so it's like she, my mom is a planner so I think she just is talking about it to be like if anything were to happen I want you both to be ready and aware and this is what i want and i, I think because my, my with my grandma passing away unexpectedly and then she had to go through her my great grandma's death it was just like a lot of planning involved and i think yeah. my mom's more like this is just a lot of things that mm. i like if it were to happen later on and you both had to deal with this i want my kids to be prepared yeah but she's just like that's just how she is she's a planner yeah yeah which i feel like that's a better way to go about it because it's like yeah you don't want to put that burden onto your kids and maybe you specifically have like a way of how you want your death to be Mm -hmm. celebrated or your final days to be and it's like to be able to communicate that is i feel like a very necessary thing to do um but yeah just when i talked to my mom about it she's just like nah (laughs) it's like i'm not dying anytime soon that's not happening do you think do you think your your parents have talked about it with their siblings or are there like if you have other family around maybe they protect the children from it but it's like i think they kind of see how for the passing of like my grandpa's how they've handled it or the family Mm. traditionally has handled it and they probably assume that that is just how they're also gonna Mm. you know we're gonna handle it for them too yeah yeah Yeah. but when you were saying like your your grandma kind of like um, would bring it up. I feel like my grandma's doing it in a very subtle way now mm. where every time we visit or we gift her something, she won't take it. Because oh. basically she's like, I'm not going to use it for that long. Mm. Oh. Which when I think about that, like makes me really sad. But yeah. I'm just like, just take this vest. It is just a vest. You've been wearing this vest for like 20 years. Yeah. You're literally pinning it together with like safety pins right now. <laughs> Can yeah. you just take this? And she's like, I don't. And she won't take it. And then every time we visit, she gives us these like massive hong bows because she's basically just like mm, giving away. trying to give away all her money. Yeah. And I'm just like, I don't want this. <laughs> don't give it to me. But I think that's her subtle way. Instead of like saying outright, like those are the small moments where I can tell she's like kind of ready, you know, readying yeah, herself yeah. perhaps. Mm. Um, ooh, did not, I know. Did yeah, not think about that. Yeah. But until you mentioned the bicycle thing, I was like, oh, yeah, that's that's her subtle way of doing it, too. Yeah. 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 Mm. This topic, it's, it's hard. Yeah. It's hard. My family deals with the topic of death probably more similarly to Mel's family. 
um, my mom and my dad treat it very matter of factly, mm. and they will talk about it uh, as like in terms of like logistics. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think some of this does come from the fact that the first person in my family to pass was my grandfather when I was in fourth grade, and I think similarly it was their first experience of having to deal with death in America mm. and all of the unexpected emotions, and then trying to figure out the logistics. Um, and I, I believe I, my memory is getting hazy, but somewhere either before that time or after that time, maybe different sides of the family, they did buy graves. Um, I actually remember now as a kid, maybe being like seven and going like grave shopping with them as a family activity. Oh, really? Um, and this is something I think the grandfathers in the families would kind of want to settle. Uh, they would find like what's the best like cemetery in um, in the area mm-hmm. in in like the LA area, and they would buy like multiple plots of land to for or like headstones or places, basically mm-hmm. spaces for themselves, for their their uh, my grandma, and then for um, any family members. So in some ways when I was young, it was just kind of treated in a very like practical and like matter of fact way. Mm. Do you know what the secret is to keep a baby's skin healthy? The Secret is a diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. You've heard me talk about Pampers Swathers on our podcast many, many times now, and that's because Pampers Swathers is the diaper for healthy baby skin. Pampers Swathers absorbs wetness better than a leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. And if you're a fan of Pampers, you've got to check out their new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes, which clean better than Huggies Natural Care and are five times stronger, so they resist tearing during a diaper change. With Free and Gentle, mess meets its match. And if you're like me and you love saving and getting rewarded for something you gotta buy anyway, like diapers, don't forget to download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. You can redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers free and gentle wipes for healthy baby skin. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So you both have siblings. Have you talked to your siblings about this topic before? And if you have, and it's been like successful, how did you sort of navigate that emotional territory with them? Yeah, so my sister and I, only up until a few years ago, I feel like we like avoided this topic like mm. the plague. And um, uh, it was it was just, we didn't want to talk about it. And I think, my well, my sister's younger than myself. And she particularly would always like, uh, get uncomfortable, even mm. if my parents mentioned anything. The last couple of years, however, we slowly, uh, you know, started speaking a little bit more about not necessarily death, but at least the topic of aging with my parents, you know, mm. saying, 
my sister lives closer to my parents. She's about 10 minutes away. So she sees them pretty frequently. And she will, like, I'll see in the family text, like, hey, um, you know, like, are you going to that family doctor? Or are you going to your doctor mm-hmm. visit, mommy, or something like that? Uh, and she'll she'll kind of bring up to me, like, hey, have you noticed that, like, maybe, like, I think I should maybe drive mom, mom to her appointment more so that, you know, she's, like, just wants to do it herself. But I feel like she'll feel more relaxed if, I, if I'm there with her and maybe having a second ear to, like, mm-hmm. listen in and to help remember things. Um, so we've started talking a little bit about maybe if, you know, if our parents get older, like what would we, if we want to have them live with us, who, which parent would live with which oh, sibling? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And some of it is like kind of lighthearted to like, dude, you and mommy would butt heads. So she's like, I think, I think mommy needs to go with you. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, you and daddy have probably a better rapport. Yeah. So we kind of talk a little bit about that. Um, it's still a bit on the joking front though. Mm-hmm. And I think there isn't necess- there hasn't been like, real hard conversations because the reality is like my parents want to make sure that I think their their perspective because they've seen my grandparents age is they don't want to burden my sister and I so they thought like logically about wanting to just not be a burden to anyone and how to make sure that they can be self-sufficient without relying on us mm. my sister and I I think are still reacting very emotionally which is no of course I want you to come live with me right mm. but neither of us are at a place right now well my sister is like engaged but I don't know if she's had very serious conversations with her uh, fiance about what that would look like. Mm. And I don't know yet what my future will look like. So if I'm by myself, I can make my decision. But if I have a partner, that would be a very serious Mm. conversation I would have to have. So Mm. it's kind of like borderline for us. I don't know. How about you guys? You guys both have siblings as well. Wait, when you said you butt heads with mommy, is it you or your sister? My sister and my mom. They butt heads. And I I find that like, um, I think think maybe – there's probably maybe it's I don't know if it's like because they're similar in certain ways. That's probably why. There's part reasons of that. And so, um, and so she's. I, I feel like I'm like of of my mom and my dad. I might. Um, you'll take your dad and she'll. Or you'll take your mom I'll and take she'll my mom take and she'll take. <laughs> maybe we'll see. I don't know. You never know how things might change too. Because I feel like our relationships have shifted. There was a time when I was when we were younger that I feel like I butted heads with my mom a lot more. Mm-hmm. But I don't know when that time comes. Am I? Yeah. Mm. But <laughs> wow. I think hearing you talk makes me realize that. I haven't talked about this with my brother at all. <laughs> like, we're yeah. not... It's also... I think... I don't want to say it this way. I I think because, again, I am the younger one. My parents are still relatively on the younger end of it. So it's not a reality for me quite, quite yet. yet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's also because with my brother and I, what happens is we'll be at home and my mom will be sauteing veggies. She'll be like, oh yeah, when I go, it's just like very like a... Mm. Yes. Like a like literally just a casual thing she'll bring up. And then my brother and I are like... Yes. We're just like, okay, cool. Like my mom's a talker. So she just like talks. She'll say whatever is on her mind. She doesn't hold anything back. So but I think whenever this stuff gets brought up, it's very casual and it's not very serious. I actually think that might be a cultural thing because my experience with my mom is very mm. similar. Like I don't, she'll she'll randomly, yeah, like while doing the dishes, be like, when I go, throw me into the ocean. I don't oh, want to be in, like same. buried under the ground because I don't want to be like stuck forever. I want to be free in the water. But the, and so you're like, okay, is that really what you want? Like I don't, mm. I don't know. <laughs> or that's kind of random, but maybe it's a little bit of the cultural thing with our grandparents. Your grandma used to yeah. just say, "Hey, I'm getting old. I'm going to die soon." Like yeah. they just want us to. You know, be, they're like, if I just say it very casually, maybe it's like not as serious. Yeah. Or... It's funny. My mom said the same exact thing. Just throw me into the ocean. <laughs> Whoa. For, 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 for her, it's more like, 
it's cheaper. Yeah. <laughs> but, I'm watching Ozark right now. A lot of people end up in the ocean. <laughs> oh, sh- dark. Ozark. Oh, gosh. Oh, dark. Oh, dark. <laughs> yeah, so I think right now it's like casual. Mm. Just like more ca- yeah, casual way of bringing it up. Yeah, I hear m- the thing is when it comes to this conversation, I hear a lot about what my mom is talking about with her siblings and my grandpa. Like I'm more, mm-hmm. I'm looped into that conversation more than her planning for herself. Yeah. What about with your brother though? Okay. Oh, for the brother thing is because we don't talk about it with each other because it gets addressed when my mom talks about with both of us in the room. Yeah. And we never like continue the conversation. We're like, okay. And so we haven't talked about it. Do you know, okay. Do you foresee in the future if your brother would have your mom and house your mom or would you? Mm. I think my brother would house my parents. Mm. Um, I know I'm the eldest, but I it's just because my my brother has been at home for the last few years. I definitely she's she doesn't deny this. My mom has a certain attachment to my younger brother. Mm. He's a baby, and he's very yeah, like yeah. he's listens to her, and I don't sometimes. <laughs> so I just think their dynamic is more natural mm. versus me. My mom, I would I would say Hollywood things and hurt her feelings. No offense. Mm-mm-mm. Love you, mom. <laughs> we love you too. <laughs> Mellow brand. Sorry. <laughs> That's my mom's Instagram. Handle. I know. It's Aww. so cute. I don't know. What does it mean? It's my, my name, my brother's name. Melody Aww. and Brandon. Oh, so cute. It sounds like a, sounds it like like a cereal. No, it sounds like it a does. really bad cracker. <laughs> Mellow brand. Yeah. I t- texted my sister about this because I was like, oh, we're going to talk about this tomorrow because we have not talked about it oh, before. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think the last time. Yeah. No, we haven't talked about it before. Um, but she was just like. Yeah, you know how mom and dad get about this type of topic. Mm. They're so superstitious about it. Like, they don't want to talk about it. You just know that at the end of, ultimately, they just want to be um, living near us or with us mm. or um, for us to be taking care of them to some extent. So that was it. And I was like, okay, yeah, I kind of know that already. Mm-hmm. But I think one thing that we were able to sort of infer is how my parents are taking care of their parents right now. Yeah, And mm-hmm. we're like, okay, I think that's how they will want to be taken care of in the future. Because they're really big on family. And it's like seeing how much they mm-hmm. care for our grandparents. We're like, okay, that I think that is how they would want to just be handled in the future. Mm. Um, and that's like the best indication of what we have. In terms of like who our parents will probably be living with, I think my sister. <laughs> Why? <laughs> she is she is the person in our family right now that is handling more of their their taxes, their mm-hmm. their health documents, their hospital stuff, their phone bills, like all of that is being handled by Annie. Thank you very much, Annie. But we joke. She's like, "Oh yeah, you'll 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 take them in the future, right?" I was like, "Oh, you will, right?" And I think she kind of knows, or maybe that's just me as a little sister yeah. that mm-hmm. is just like, "You know it's going to be you." And then she kind of just accepts it. Mm. <laughs> but I don't know. I think it all will also depend on who might like need our parents more to help around or um, if maybe depending on the size of the house and all of that. So that'll all play a role. But I'm not opposed to it. Um, I just think that my sister will be housing them in the future (laughs) at this point in my life. Mm. Yeah. It's so interesting. Yeah. I mean, you know, Annie, you probably oh, would yeah, think the same, right? Oh, for sure. It's She's also, so motherly. She's so maternal. She but I also wonder, because I think the similarity with what I think my brother is, because I think she has the most, they spent the most time together in Boston. Mm-hmm. When you moved out here, yeah. probably at, like a level of like mm. comfort. Like even with your sister, like, would you say Patty's? I, so this is where I'm split because I think that maybe five years ago I would have said it might be me. I just assumed that because I was the eldest child. Mm. But then oh, like, but then, <laughs> but thinking practically, yeah, I've 
like I've been away from home since college, like after college, I haven't really, I mean, I guess for years at a time, I'll be back in SoCal, but my sister is the one that's always been with them. And more in the last five years, she just checks in on them. She's kind of naturally assumed that role. Mm. Um, but yeah, I guess it, it will come down to whenever that time comes, who is living where, whose situation is what. That's true. Um, mm-hmm. But it's, but I do know that my parents, uh, interestingly, because you both had mentioned reflecting on how your parents handle your grandparents, yeah. that is the model that I look at as well. And I noticed that with with my um uh with my grand I think both sides my grandmothers outlived and as much as they the um, a senior living assisted home situation was not the preference and as much as they would still try to kind of like share her like having take care of her in different families there were just challenges between like you know, different families moving out of state, um, different families having kids that were at home sometimes, kids that were in college like it just became kind of challenging um, to do it on a very, like, I guess on a logistical level. So mm-hmm. there were moments where she would stay with like some people, like, a, like maybe my aunt's family for a little bit, but mostly she had a stable place in a senior living home and uh, became very involved with her church and then had, um, like, uh, like we had like people that I guess were like kind of taking her to and from church. And then my uncle would visit like all the time. So mm-hmm. there are ways that they kind of worked around that. But the reality was that they do, I think they've they've mm. seen, you know, probably the best way is if we can find a senior assisted home that is close to you and be as independent for as long as we can, um, but close enough to you that you can be there to kind of observe and watch over. So that was your conversation with your siblings. I mean, have you had this conversation directly with your parents before? Have they talked about aging and the natural process of aging, what happens at the end of it, and how they would basically want to be, I mean, other than tossing in the ocean? <laughs> Um, my mom has talked to me like on car rides. It, she really much. She pretty much said, she's like, "I just want to be cremated, and I want to throw my ashes in the ocean." Mm-hmm. I think for her, it's because I I didn't ask her why, but she said it's cheaper. Like she did say, like logically, it is cheaper. But I also wonder if she wants to be in the ocean because she also grew up in Hawaii, and it's closest mm-hmm. thing to where she like kind of grew up and has good fond memories. Of, yeah. So she never mentioned Taiwan. So I think she's probably thinking about the most practical cheapest thing mm. Catalina island she hasn't even said which one mm. which ocean yeah i know my mom has mentioned ocean too and i've never thought about the practicality of it but for her it was always like she always had an affinity for the water and wanting mm. to be close to the water but maybe it is like a taiwan thing because taiwan is an island and mm. oh yeah i didn't know, think yeah. about that mm-hmm. huh yeah so um my dad has brought it up in it's kind of it actually came in kind of slowly so in my 20s um it would be in the form of like oh here are family financial documents and things here come here and like i want to walk you through Mm. this because your mom and i are going to be traveling and in case anything happens and i was like don't say that you know but then no he was like no seriously like you need to know where things are right or something happens to us here is like uh, the USB with information and you call Uncle blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, okay. But mm. it started with that way and then it's like, okay. And then, you know, so it's like over dinner, it'll be, um, you know, if uh, if something happens to me and I'm, you know, medically like not conscious, I would like you to, to I don't want to be in that mm. state, just kind of like pull the plug kind of thing. And once again, it happens like, he he's a little less random about it than my mom. <laughs> but um, it'll come up in like kind of slow progressive ways. And I think it's because oh. he's noticed probably me and my sister react very emotionally. Like when we were in our 20s and he tried to bring it up, we we would get upset and like kind of mm. like, why would you talk about that kind mm. of stuff? And then slowly it's like in my in my early 30s and I was like, just kind of let him speak and be like, okay. And then now I will kind of like 
now that I'm more aware of it, I'm like, it must be very frustrating for him trying to plan. And I'm being like, that's so like, you know, whatever. So now I'm kind of just, okay, sit and listen to him. I'd be like, okay. And I want him to feel heard. Like, don't worry. I, I do see, I know what you mm. want and it'll be okay. Cause so it's like a kind of a progression, you know? Yeah, and, yeah. and for me, I think it makes sense. My parents are much older. They're in their seventies. I'm almost 40. So these are the kind of conversations. This is the way I'm starting to receive them now. Mm. Yeah. How about you, Helen? I have no answer for this because I haven't oh. talked to them about it, so I don't know. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm in the dark, but I'm just inferring things. I think that is, I mean, even thinking about for yourselves, like how would you mm. want to tell perhaps your kids? Is it the way yeah, that your yeah. parents have are sharing it with you now or how would you want to do that? Um, I'd probably start with like a b- children's book about death. Oh, you would, you would go that young? Yeah. <laughs> or start that young? Maybe a little bit. I don't know how, I don't know. I'm not a parent yet, so <laughs> I this is I'm inferring to. <laughs> um, I do. I think I need them to be educated on it when they're conscious of this the idea. Because, mm-hmm. you know, the whole like pet goldfish, like we don't know what they like mm. with pets and stuff. But I'm thinking like later on, like obviously like the grandparents will play a huge role in our children's life. And then when that time comes, you don't know how they're going to be when they don't know how to cope with death. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So I'd probably share in subtle ways, whether it's like a movie mm. and then stories. Mm. And then maybe if time happens, then it's. Yeah. then hopefully there's some concept of it. Um, that's an interesting question. Yeah. Because I think when I talk, like, when I think about when my grandma passed away, I was I was like literally about to like go to college. So I was so aware. My cousins were like seven. So yeah. I don't know how their thought process was. But I think it's good to brace them as much as I can and to protect them from, you're going to feel pain regardless, but how can I protect my children from feeling what they're going to feel? Yeah. yeah. Feeling the sadness. Yeah. yeah. It's also more like, how do I say it this way? Like, I think something I, and this makes me sad thinking about it, that when I deal with death, that makes me sad is seeing my mom sad. Mm-hmm. And so uh, being prepared to yeah. see your parents sad. Yeah. Because I think for me, especially in Asian households, they, they're very stoic people. My parents don't cry, but my mom cries whenever she said bye to her grandma or things like that. So I was like, ooh, like that is a very, seeing your parents cry is like a kind of like a, Para- paralyzing feeling for a child yeah. because we're not used to it. So I don't know, how can I prepare my kid to see me mm. upset too. And you know, yeah. like that, that's another thing I think about. I'm curious for Helen because you, yeah, you, I mean, you have the, the son, like, mm-hmm. have you thought about kind of, we only have Halloween books right now. No, yeah. death, <laughs> that's a, that's as, as it gets. Yeah. Yes. The little boo and my little boo is what yeah. it's called. It's very Aww. cute. <laughs> my little boo is a ghost, but I have not talked to him about death yet. He's not uh. two years old yet. <laughs> but just thinking about, I guess it's like, um, if knowing now, you know, the feeling of what it's like to have yeah, like, a, a yeah. kid. It's like, I, I do think, um, by not like, I think a pet is a really good, you know, way to kind of just show what grief is like or what it means for some, someone or something to like pass, um, which I'm not just going to get a pet <laughs> for the lesson. So yeah, yeah. not going to be doing that, but I think I would slowly start to just like mention like, oh, this is what happens in the world. This is what mm-hmm. happens to people. Um, just to sort of prep them in terms of like my own potential future planning. I think I probably wouldn't want to talk to them about it until they're probably in college mm-hmm. is what I would think. Cause I think any younger than that, it they could be in a very immature state of mind where they can catastrophize things. Mm-hmm. Well, I would have done that. Yeah. So I wouldn't want to put that burden onto them yet. But I think when they're probably in college is when they're more developed and able to sort of get a grasp on things and know that this is not happening now, it's going to be in the future. So that's probably when I would talk to them. And I already told Philip, like I'm going to Pinterest my grave. <laughs> 
<laughs> Actually, I was okay. I was thinking that like you don't you can talk to them about it later, but you can have a plan now. You could write it down. I think that's why people do like wills and stuff like that, right? So that yeah. there is a plan when you pass. They, they don't have to know about the plan, but you could just tell them that there is a plan, and yeah. they can find it, and they can read it, and they can look at the Pinterest board to be like, "This is what I wanted to look Yo, like." There are some like fancy ass graves out there now. <laughs> there's like little fences and like little pinwheels, and there's there's a lot of stuff happening. Oh I'm like, I'm gonna Pinterest my grave. <laughs> <laughs> wait, I'm curious. Wait, you said you have started this? Or, no, or I haven't no, yet. You, but, but she's going to. I told she's going that to. I will, so that he doesn't have to, you know, guess, you know, guess exactly. Yeah. I also want my my death to be a celebration and. Instead of a morning, like mourn for like yeah, maybe yeah. two minutes and then like celebrate. We'll all be taking shots at JMO. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm still tossing the Pinteresting the grave comment. <laughs> How about for you, Jay? How do you think you would handle that? Oh, I think I think I would look into a will or something like that. Um, and I've taught actually uh, maybe morbidly had somewhat this conversation with a good friend of mine, Kristen, because we're both older women who are single, mm. and she has nieces. And I, so I have nieces and nephews and I think about this. It's like, if I never get married and I never have kids, if I maintain a close relation with them, will this get passed on to them in some format? Mm. Right. And so she talks about, well, I don't have kids of my own, but like my wealth and my stuff, like I'm going to leave it to my nieces. I'm a, you know, so mostly I guess about leaving your finances, but then I, I've, I feel like roughly I've think about also like, then if you're going to leave, think about financial planning of what you do when you pass and thinking thinking about having a will and, and having a plan so that people don't – they just have a – it's like you've done some of the pre-planning for them. Mm. I think I think I would just do that. Like write it down somewhere or yeah. something yeah. and then just have it. But I, I guess I would need to tell someone. Open when I die. Open when I die. <laughs> That's what I'll say. Leave a secret note. Oof. Or like – Upload it to the cloud. I don't know. And then <laughs> give someone a USB. But I, do, I kind of think about also like, like I'm an organ donor, right? And I would think that it might be nice <laughs> if I pass to be able to give my body to science mm. so that it can go. Because I think I've, oh, I think my okay. dad has also talked about this. Like, wouldn't it be nice if, if it can go to use somewhere? But then it's like, would my kids and would my family and loved ones be sad that there's no physical thing to celebrate? I think oh. if it was totally up to me, I might just donate my body for science and then have like that. But I don't know. I think it'll depend yeah. on this, like, future imaginary family that I don't even know if I'm going to have. So. Well, I just learned a lot in that. I just went off. Grave, organ donor. Like, that's great. So obviously today's topic is about aging parents. And one topic I think about is like when our parents retire, have they shared with you like what their plans for retirement retirement are is? Yeah, my parents have definitely verbalized this part mm. of the aging process. Uh, very clear to me and my sister. My parents are very big on family mm. to a point where like even when my sister and I argue, my mom will cry. <laughs> Because she's like, you are both sisters, you're blood, you can't have anything come in between you, like you guys mm. are for life, don't let anything get in your way. And she'll just, she, she just wants us to be a unit mm. forever, yeah, yeah. which I want as well. And I think that is a lot um, to do because of my mom and what she's kind of implemented in us or imposed yeah. onto us. Um, but my mom has always shared that she would love for us to 
live in either a townhouse or a family shared house, my sister and I, or at least two houses that are close by each other on the same block. And then in our backyard, there is a big enough space and it's within the, how do you call ADU? it? The Yeah, the, the jurisdiction or whatever for being able to build an ADU. Mm. So she wants to be able to build her own ADU. She said all she wants is a small living room, maybe a little kitchenette, and that's it. And she's like, I'll come in, take care of the kids, cook you mm. dinner, and then scurry back into like my little home. And that is her ideal wow. just situation for how and that's that's been implement like that's that's been in my mind since I was young. She said that oh, since we wow. were young. And I'm like, now that we're in LA, my sister is here also. She lives like twenty minutes away from me. Like, mom, do you know how hard it is to even find a home in LA with a big backyard? Yeah, yeah. That and can you imagine getting one that's like right next to another home that just so happens to be available yeah. for you and the big enough backyard for you to move in. Like, I don't want to yuck your yum, but I'm going to yuck it. Like, this is really <laughs> hard. hard. Yeah. And especially now that I'm already thinking about expanding into like our next home, I am having this in mind, but I'm also thinking like, how is this? This is, this is so hard to mm. have make work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But that is the ideal situation. Um, I think if she were to live with us, my maternal side grandparents have always lived with us mm. they actually were the ones who basically raised me um, when my parents moved to boston my grandparents were still in china but my mom realized because she was studying and she was working she was like i need help mm. so she actually brought my grandparents out and then they never to help and then they never moved back but they lived with my parents and then when it got cold they moved to la and they lived with my mom's younger sister mm. so they have always lived within with their their daughters mm. my on my dad's side, my grandparents actually lived in a senior assisted housing mm. in like a very nice part of Boston, right in the city center. And there were, there was always someone who went to like check on them, bring them food, make sure they were okay. Mm -hmm. So they were always taken care of. But I think having those two examples is probably not, it wouldn't be a surprise if they did, you know, go into mm. senior housing one day because, you know, my dad's parents um, eventually ended up doing that. But I think they would just much more prefer to probably live with us. Mm. So my mom, retirement has been on their minds because they're inching closer. I think she's already expressed to me. She's like, this is the plan. I was like, okay. She goes, I want when we, when me and my, me and your dad retire, what I want to do is I want to spend half the time in the U.S. and half the time in Taiwan. Mm. So um, she wants to be like continental, cross-continental. Bi-continental? Yeah, something like that. Mm -hmm. uh, but she also has expressed to wanting to be able to travel. She travels big for my mom. She wants to be able to explore the world and go to places she's never been, which she's starting to do a few years ago, which I'm really happy for. And just to really live her life. Like she's hanging out with her friends. And she has always said to me, she's like, I want to make sure I have a very active social life because I don't I don't want to burden you. You know, she, I think because maybe my mom's mentality is like, she's maybe has some friends who's like, it's, how do I say it this way? There's some of her friends that have been really sad because she they didn't have a lot of friends besides their family members. And I think mm. she was like, I want to make sure I'm not mm -hmm. reliant on you. Yeah. Right? Only mm -hmm. for her social circle. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's why she started to like do the Zumba thing or like uh, hang out with her other friends more and make new friends. With in terms, I guess with me, I think I wonder if she formulated this thought because when my mom would visit me, sometimes we do butt heads. I'm just like, we, and, and my mom used to always house my grandparents. Like I grew with my grandparents in my house too. I loved it. But I think for my mom was really tough in mm. some moments, you know, being a mom, juggling, like taking care of the grandparent and having a, having a job and all this stuff. So I think with that experience, she probably was thinking like, I don't want to do the same thing to my daughter that I went through. We haven't talked about like, oh, she's moving in. I don't think she's moving in. 
as of now i don't think it's gonna happen she's gonna listen to this episode and be like melody let's have a conversation i (laughs) I was like oh but i think in terms of like long-term retirement i think similar to you i think because they have been looking through all like my my grandpa right now lives by himself in an apartment in taipei and he's pretty like independent and likes being he actually likes being by himself yeah like having his own space yes so he has expressed that to my, my my parents but i think my mom she said you know i talking to my friends and knowing what their parents situation is I'm okay if we get to a point where I don't mind being a senior home. She was like, I think they teach you about technology and how to use the inter- mm. the laptop and stuff like that. And there's activities. And she was like, I want to be stimulated. So mm. if that's an option for me, I wouldn't be opposed. Mm. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's her thing is like, I think, I, but, it, but guess what I'm getting is from mom. She's like, she wants to be like stimulated. Yeah. yeah. Like intel- intellectually, like yeah. just socially too. So I think that's the path we're going to take for now, but who knows? Yeah. Ending on a brighter note, what is something that is like cute or inspiring that you've noticed about your parents as they age, either individually or as a couple? I don't know if this is going to be cute, (laughs) but it is inspiring. Okay. I think ever since my dad has retired, I have noticed a shift in his personality. Um, He is becoming a little bit more like short tempered, a little quippier um, and just much more like pensive. Like he's always sitting outside Mm -hmm. in the backyard, sun putting like sunlighting or suntanning his feet because that's a thing, I guess. (laughs) I don't know. But he's always just kind of like thinking. My whole life, the dynamic between my mom and my dad has always been that my mom is sort of the more strong personality, Mm -hmm. strong willed one. And then whenever they argue, even though my dad is right, he would kind of just allow her to come to the conclusion conclusion that she was wrong and then be nice to him but he was never one to sort of like raise his voice Mm. and you know talk back to her and I think now I'm starting to see that my mom is the one that is backing down more Mm. like more recently because it's only happened within the past two years that he's retired and so I had a conversation with my mom like mom Bobby is getting he's changing and she's like yeah he's changing you know he's retired and um and even if I think about retirement, it's like, I'm never going to understand what it was like to walk in my dad's shoes mm-hmm. for him to have immigrated here to the U.S., for him to, his whole value and purpose and identity being to raise a good family and to be able to provide like food on the table and support your family. For that to be completely just gone mm-hmm. all of a sudden one day, I can imagine that freedom being nice, but I feel like silence would the silence would be deafening during that mm. period of time. And I can kind of see that happening to him and to his body and like the aging process happening faster to him too. So I said to my mom, I was like, Bobby is changing. And she's like, Yeah, he he's he's changing. And and the thing that the thing that kind of stuck out to me and how she responded was he's changing, but now I have dinner at home when I come home from work. Mm. He drives me to work every single day picks me up he is clean the house is clean now and she's like focusing on these more positive aspects of the retirement versus focusing on the change in personality Mm -hmm. and she's kind of letting herself be the one that lets things slide she's like Mm -hmm. it's my turn to let things slide Mm -hmm. and to see this sort of dynamic change between them it also reminds me of just like my grandparents like when my my grandpa started getting much more senile he couldn't hear like my grandma was yelling yelling at the top of her lungs into his ear every day and like bringing him food and taking him to the bathroom but they never complained you Mm -hmm. know and i think it, it reminds me that like love is easy during the easy times, but it's during moments like these where life is very difficult. And to be able to show that that type of love where it's almost like respons- your responsibility is 
not conditional. It is just a responsibility out of pure love. That is what I see as the example for my parents of like these not cute moments, but these moments where they've endured so much and they want to continue showing their love in different ways. And it's like a growing type of love. And I see that in my parents, I see that in my grandparents. And I think that's the the type of selfless love that I want to have in the future. It's like, I want to have the love when it, the love is easy now, but I also want to see it in the future when it's hard and see how, how that, oh, <laughs> why is it making me so Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's just a very, I don't know. It's a very powerful thing to see how, how people will change and your love has to change too. You know, what's making you cry? I don't know. Yeah. Are you thinking about your family? I just, I, I, I don't know what I'm saying right now. <laughs> yeah. Okay. What, what part yeah. made you, made you tear up? I think because I know your parents and I'm just seeing them and just, it just paints like a different picture and makes me, it's like, it's like, it makes me sad, but also makes me happy that this is something that people go through. I don't know. It's, I think sometimes when you think about your parents or people of that generation, you just don't really like, it's kind of like, I don't want to say they're forgotten, but you think of them in one certain lens. I think you're sharing that just makes you feel like there's so much more they've gone through, they're going through that we can we have not experienced mm-hmm. and we owe them so much more of that thoughtful care, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Oh, what, the, what the heck? I think yeah. I saw your eyes watering and I was like, oh, she's going to cry? And then I was like, <laughs> then I cried. <laughs> I looked I over like, and I'm like, oh, snap. Yeah. I mean, I think that is just one of those things where it's like, if like right now in this period of my life, I would probably, if like yeah. Philip had changed that much, I'd be like, yo like what's going on here let's talk about this but i think it's maybe at that point or that age you kind of just know each other so well and you just know that you just have to be there for you know to hold the other person up when they're going through a tough tough time so yeah i don't know what's going on yeah, I mean, this topic is it's one hard. that is very vulnerable and it makes you think about things that as, you know, as we're living and as in part of life, it's just, it's it's tough to mm-hmm. think about the future yeah. and not just in like death, but like the future of aging, what that means for all of us too. Yeah. Yeah. I think just a lot of things are just flashing in my mind. Like, I don't know, like I think for me, it's, it's for me, it's me. And I know this is a topic of aging parents or aging elders or aging family members, but I'm just thinking about like the endurance and the tenacity our parents and our grandparents have gone through to be with each other. Yeah. Because they've been together for so many years. So I think sometimes like if I think of my grandparents, I'm like, you guys gone through shit that like I've never, I, I don't know if I could ever, I don't know if I'm strong enough to go through. Mm. Like for me, with my grandparents, I don't know if I ever showed this publicly, but they were, they were in an arranged marriage. Mm. And, but they still made it through and had like a beautiful family. But I know they each had their own individual struggles coming in, but they were still there for each other in moments. And for me, they were my unit. But that is in its own struggle and its own journey to be, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and I also saw the change in my grandpa too. My grandma passed. His personality totally changed. Yeah. But if I were to focus on my parents and like what cute things. I know do. this is supposed to be cute things. I, know. <laughs> I think because it's like cute, but it's like, it's, it's a different layer of a uh, feeling. Like with my parents, I think what makes me like happy and I try not to get too emotional, but I guess I am already. Right now, my parents are actually in Cabo with their friends that are like they're like we're like older couple of friends and to see like the fact that my my parents can still have like these trips that they look forward to but the biggest thing i i i want to acknowledge with my mom is that sorry 
I think with my, my my parents, there's like a little lot of, of subtle moments of love. Like they do, or they're like hold hands and stuff. But I think it's the little things I catch that I know there's like care mm. that I think it's really cute. Like whether my mom's like watching TV or something, she's always grabbing my dad's hand and rubbing his mm. wrist or something because she has this thing where she likes to touch the moment, like like the wrist, the skin. So I see little things of that, and I'm just like, oh, like. I think sometimes for me, when I think of like love, I have a certain picture of how it's supposed to look, but watching them age and still have moments of it that look a little bit different than I thought, mm-hmm. for me, that's really beautiful because I feel like lo- love isn't to be long. T- it's a long thing. So mm-hmm. it's just like, how do you keep moments of romance that are so little, but they're still present? Yeah. They make that are still impactful. So yeah. I think I, I look at those things mm-hmm. a lot. That's Crap. a cute, that is a cute moment. Yeah. yeah. Does, yeah, she does that. Yeah. <laughs> my kind of like cute moment is I've noticed that uh, my mom has started, she really likes a lot of ritual and she's mm. a very like structured, scheduled person. So she gets up in the, mor- in the morning and she has her like set like breakfast and she has her like schedule for the day. I think she just knows to create like structure, structure for herself mm-hmm. is good. And one thing she's added, which giving context, my mom was like not much of a partier, at least not like when I was growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure it was different maybe before I came, Mm -hmm. but now every day at 5 p.m., she says, oh, I have my happy hour, and she'll grab grab a beer, and she has a beer, and she'll sit by the window and kind of, like, watch watch if, like, neighbors are, like, walking dogs and stuff, and she just kind of has, like, a personal happy hour, and she has a beer every day, and she's like, actually, like, the the wheat in the beer is, like, really good. I don't know. There's some, like, health benefits and Mm. Chinese newspapers that she read about, (laughs) but I thought that was, like, a really cute moment. That is so cute, actually. I kind of love she's creating this whole experience for For herself. herself. Yeah. Yeah. But that's really cute. That's cute. (laughs) Well, this was a a good topic, I think, for us to have just, you know, kind of thought through. Um, It's good to see and hear kind of like what your families are are talking about more openly and not openly, but also just, Mm. I think this is a very important topic to talk about. No one can really avoid this, you know, sort of happening in our lives with our loved ones. So breathing conversation into it is is important. Mm -hmm. So we hope that this conversation inspired all of you out there to perhaps have this conversation if, you know, with your parents, if not your parents, perhaps with your siblings. I think it's always good to sort of have some sort of an expectation or planning in place. If you resonated with this episode, let us know in the comments of our latest Instagram post. And with that, we will catch you all on the next episode. Bye. Bye.